Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, so Daniel chapter... 2 verses 1 through 30 I entitled this but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries Um, one of the things I loved about last week's chapters we looked at chapter 1 is we saw that these young men 14 15 years old Daniel and his friends who stood and would not uh, compromise and, and it was a, a big lesson for us as well, uh, you know, as we see the things that are happening in the world today for us not to compromise. And uh, there were, you know, one of the biggest things I hope you got from last week's study is that Daniel and his friends were not the only youth that were taken. There were a bunch of youth that were taken um, as well. Uh, the royalty, the nobles, those that had wealth were all taken with Daniel. Uh, and and so and his friends and and these four were the only ones who stood up for the Lord and said we can't eat the food that has been sacrificed to idols we can't drink the wine that has been sacrificed to idols and uh, and God showed up and it's a reminder to us no matter what we're going through uh, in our life that God is in control and God is with us and that should be a reminder too for us as a nation uh, you know God is is has us. Uh, hand on things and and hopefully that's uh, something that we'll get as we get into tonight's scripture so Daniel chapter 2 verse 1 says in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar had had a dream his spirit was troubled and his his sleep left him so Nebuchadnezzar has this reoccurring dream and uh, to the point where he's losing sleep now we probably could all say we've had these before where we're, we're, something's on our heart or on our mind and, and we start to begin to lose sleep. And uh, so that's where Nebuchadnezzar's at. And so as we look at chapter 2, he's going to try to find answers, but look who he looks to answers from. The king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dream. So they came in and stood before the king. So these men, these... Uh, the, the, the Chaldeans that were summoned, the magicians, the enchanter, the sorcerers, are all demonically inspired wise men. Okay? Now, you say, well, wait a minute. We have people who do sorcery and do all this stuff today, right? We have people who read tarot cards. And this is all something that has been going on all the way back in the Old Testament. It's, it's, it's a reminder to us that there's nothing new under the sun. It's, uh, it's covered in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. It says, When you come into the land that the Lord your God, and this is what God was trying to get the Israelites to do, God has given you, you shall not learn to follow abominable, pra- abominable practices of those nations. 
There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer, that is one who inquires of the dead. Right? Now we read that list and automatically we think these things are happening in our country right now. Right? Yeah, the, the, the Satan worshipers believe that, that the burning of a child is abortion. And they see that as an act to a false god. So this stuff happens today. Demonically possessed people who are, are practicing these, these uh, customs. Uh, people who in, tell fortunes. And think about horoscopes. Now, the thing that we have today in our hand is a phone that will actually do a tarot reading for you. For us that are a little bit older, we remember 1-900, right? You would call Dionne Warwick and she'd tell you your future, supposedly. Which is all, come on. But these things happen and they, there's nothing new under the sun, but we need to be careful as a nation because when we have people who are demonically inspired, and, and they have access to this stuff. They're opening doors to things that are demonic. It says in verse 12, it says for, in Deuteronomy 18, uh, 12, it says, whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you are about to possess Listen to the fortune tellers and the diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. So, we were just talking about woke Christian, right? A woke Christian may allow this stuff to happen. They don't see a problem with it. Well, I should be able to have my tarot card read. Right? But it goes against God's word. And so we have to be very careful. Horoscopes, uh, we have something that we, you know, Mexican witchcraft is another one. Uh, I, I've told you all about the movie. How about Dreamcatchers? Do you have those up in your house? Those need to come down. Everybody started putting those in their house because they thought they were great decorations. They're, they're all demonic. There's a great movie, and I've told you all about this movie before. It's on a movie called Divination. It's probably the cheesiest movie that they have on Pure Flix. And it's no, the graphics are probably even worse. But the, the premise of the movie is so important for you to watch if you're trying to understand what happens when you open a portal. And what I mean by that, uh, a portal, when you open a door, you crack a window. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I there's nothing wrong with me doing my tarot card reading. There's nothing wrong with me reading my horoscope. There's nothing wrong with me looking at pornography. Those are all portals and, and, and allows the demons to come in and wreak havoc within the house. And so we have to be very careful with these things. And it tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
And this is a part that we have to remember, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the, in, in the heavenly places. And so the funny thing about this is he's going to go to these people to try to have his dream read. Demonically possessed men. And, and man, you see how quickly the scam gets exposed. In verse 3 it says in the king, in, in Daniel chapter 2, it says, And the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. And so one of the things that reminded me of is Joseph is, you know, Joseph is there in, 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 in Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 40, verse 8, and it says, Then they said to him, we had, uh, we had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not in interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. So the Chaldeans are going to come and try to read or, or try to figure out the dream, but watch how they do it. It's funny that the king's spirit is troubled. It's bothering him. And, and it says in verse 4, the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, and this is very important, this is a transition that happens in the book of Daniel from Daniel chapter 4 all the way to Daniel chapter 7 verse 28 is now in Aramaic. It's written in Aramaic by Daniel. It's very important to understand that because everything that's going to be discussed from this point on, from Daniel chapter 2, verse 4, to Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, in Aramaic is going to deal with the Gentile nations. When we get into chapter 8, that's when we go back to the nation of Israel. Okay? That's why this transition is very important. That's why we talked about that in the introduction of, of Daniel. Remember we talked about they were able to confirm these through the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, and so Aramaic is, is biblical. Aramaic, which is used, is very similar to, uh, to Hebrew in the writing. But just remember that the dealing with this point on is going to be up until chapter 7, verse 28. Uh, when we get to that, that chapter in chapter 8, it'll start going back to the nation of Israel. But they come to him and they say, the, the Chaldeans say to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Right? They're kind of, you know, setting up the king already with good favor. O king, live forever. Right? And he tells them, tell the servants uh, the dream and we shall show you the interpretation. So they're trying to twist it and they're saying, hey, look, you tell me the dream. And then I'll interpret it. What does that mean? I can interpret it any way I want. And that's what they were trying to do. In verse 5, the king answered and said to them, the Chaldeans, the word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn from limb from limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruin. So what they would do is they would actually tie someone up to these trees by limbs, and snap them. And when it would snap, it would pull the limbs apart and they would die. And so all it would be left is the torso. And so that's, you know, tearing from limb to limb. It's a, it's a term that we've heard in our, in our language, correct? Taken from the Bible, right? 
And so he's telling them, I'm not playing around with y'all. You're going to tell me what the dream is, and I'm not telling you what the dream is. And so he's telling them, go talk to your false gods and find out the dream. And they already know they can't figure it out because it's all baloney. And so listen what they say in verse 6. It says, but if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. And then they answered in verse 7. And they answered a second time and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we shall show its interpretation. Again, they're trying again because they know at this point they're dead. The king's going to kill them. Because they, they can't interpret the dream. Right? In verse 8 it says, The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time. You're buying time. That's another, way, another phrase where we get in our language today. You're buying time. Right? You're trying to gain time because you see that the word from me is firm. And so they are trying to buy time. The king is telling them, hey, look, in order for this to happen, you need to prove to me the dream, right? And, and, and they have no power to reveal the secrets of the dream. And so they're just trying to, to you know, let's stretch this thing out because he's going to kill us. In verse 9, it says, if you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. So he's, he's like, look, before you even interpret it, you're going to tell me what the dream is. And I love the fact that he's telling them, hey, look, you've been lying to me from this point. And what's very important to remember is these persons, these these. Chaldeans, the, the, the sorcerers and the, and the, nicro, the, the, the um, necromancers that were there, uh, they, were, um, they were the fathers. They weren't Nebuchadnezzars. These were the people that he inherited from his father. So he's seen over time, they're full of it, so to say, right? And so the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. He said, What you're asking for, no king can do. There's nobody that can do this. It's unreasonable is what they're trying to say. And it's a reminder to us that, uh, that even Pharaoh, they had, they had their magicians with Pharaoh and Moses. They could do certain things up to a point, remember? And in and and Exodus chapter 8, verse 16, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Strike out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, so that it may become gnats in all the land of Egypt. And they said, uh, and they did so. Aaron struck, stre- stretched out his hand, with his staff and uh, struck the dust of the earth. And there were gnats on the man and beast, and all the dust of the earth became gnats in all the land of Egypt. The magicians tried, but their secret arts to produce gnats uh, 
but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast, and the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Their power is limited. Okay? Remember, Satan's limited. Okay? Satan can't be everywhere at every place at every time. Uh, you know, that, and that's something for us to remember. But he's telling them, hey, look, you know, the, the Chaldeans and the, and the magicians are saying there's no way. No one can figure this out. It, it's, it's unreasonable for you to ask us this. In verse 11, it says, Then uh, the, the king that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the, the king except the God whose dwelling is not flesh. Well, that's true. Because there's only been one God who came in the flesh. And His name is Jesus Christ. Right? Their gods would never show up in the flesh. They never have. Only Jesus has. And Satan is a reminder to us that Satan's power is limited. And our fear should be in a reverence to God, not in a reverence to man. In Psalm 25, 14, it says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him, and He makes known to them His covenant. If we love the Lord our God and fear Him and obey His word, He will draw near to us and share His plans with us. That's why he says the thing that the king asks is difficult. No one can show it to the king except the gods who is dwelling in the flesh, not, not with the flesh. And so we know that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. There was a God who dwelled in the flesh, only one. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. In verse 12 it says, Because of this king was angry and very furious and commanded that all wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Why did they seek them? Remember last chapter, they became wise men. They were picked by the king. So now they're going to be killed. Right? They, they haven't been on the job that long. And, and they're, already, <laughs> they're already on the chopping block, right? In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 12, it says, The king's wrath is like a growling growling of a lion but his favor is like dew on the grass he has all the power and so Daniel with the wisdom that Daniel has and 
and, and to remi- remember that, you know, the wise men were incompetent. And, and you have to realize that they were demonically possessed, but they had all human resource and knowledge, and yet they didn't understand the will of God or the mind of God. They didn't have that. You, you can be smart in this world and not possess the mind of God and the will of God and be dumb as a rock. You'll have people that will, you know, some of the brightest minds that, that are agnostic or they are atheist. They don't believe in God. And you're like, how can you be so bright and miss it? If you just look at the prophecies that were fulfilled alone, right? But it's a reminder that these wise men that were there for the king were not so wise. Right? Our, our knowledge, our, our, uh, our growth comes from God's word. In verse 14, it says, Then Daniel replied with prudence. I love that. And his discretion to Adioch, Adioch, let me make sure I get that right, Adioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon, he declared to Adioch, the king's captain, why is this decree of the king so urgent? Right? Then Adioch made the matter known to Daniel. So Daniel stops. Right? And it shows again his purity and maturity to think through things. That's something that we need to remember ourselves. Remember, he would not defile himself with the king's wine or sacrifice uh, the meats that were sacrificed to the idols. But he asked questions. It's a reminder to us that we should be asking questions as well. There's a lot of deception out there. A lot of misinformation that's put out there. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. When things seem to be going crazy around the world, you need to run to the Lord. When you can't figure out the answers to the things that are happening in your life, He's your strong tower. You run to Him. And I love and it says and it's safe. And it's safe. I love Daniel because Daniel fears the Lord. He doesn't fear man. Right? He doesn't fear the Lord. He fears man. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. That's two right there. Proverbs 18, 10. And Proverbs 29, 25. And they both say the same thing. Safe. In the arms of Jesus Christ is where the safest place for you to be. And for most Christians, they're pulling away from Him for some reason. They've allowed this drifting to happen in their lives. And, and, and instead of running to God, they're running from God. Whether it's sin or misinformation or deception, Satan, is trying to trick you. The Lord is your strong tower. Your strong tower. 
I love that. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Safe. And whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Verse 16, And Daniel went in it and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. He didn't play word games with the king. You need to let your yes be yes and your no be no. He doesn't play word games with the king. He said, I just need to give me some time. Appoint me a time, right? And that's a man of wisdom that is going to seek the Lord and seek God, and he's going to grab his friends and say, hey, we need to pray. It's time for a prayer party. Because we need to seek the Lord in this. Right? And, and can I tell you one of the hardest things for, for Christians to do is to appoint a time to be with the Lord. That appointed time to be with God. To be in His Word. Right? But also to sit and listen to the Lord. In Psalm 130, it says, 130 verse 5, it says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in His Word, I hope. I wait. I wait in His Word. No matter the, the situation that we're going through, whether you believe it's hopeless or you're ready to give up, but you need to wait. Wait in His Word. God will bring the blessing. And, and, and that requires your obedience. And can I tell you, the longer you wait, the longer you linger, the louder He becomes. And you go, well, I can only give Him five minutes. Well, that's going to be a very quiet whisper. You want to wait 15, 20, 30. I'll come back tomorrow. I'm still waiting. I'm going to keep coming because I need to hear from you. I'm going to wait in, wait in your word, Lord, because that's what it tells me to do. I need you to quiet my soul. I'm going to seek my hope in you. I want to sit and linger with you and listen. Lamentations 3, verse 22, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And we all know this verse by, by heart. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. And this is the part we forget. And the Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the soul who seeks Him. And this is verse 26. So we love the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. We'll quote that Scripture all day long. Right? But if you read it in context of Scripture, it says in verse 26, it's, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So when we're in our prayer time, there should be less talking and more listening. And stop the zoning out. It's so easy to zone out, right? You need to ask the Lord to help you with that so you can focus on Him. It's so easy to get distracted by what's going on in the world and in our lives on a daily basis, but we need to, we need to be waiting 
and quieting things down and listening. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13, it says, And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces and the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. I hear it coming. And after the wind and an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Or the train, right? And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there, were, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I, I really feel like that's what God is asking a lot of us tonight. What are you doing here? When you come to him in prayer, what are you doing here? Right? Elijah was going through chaos in his life. All the prophets had been killed. He, he was ready to die. And, and God is like, what are you doing here? We forget that we have God. Our strong tower. Our hope. We're looking as we wait. We're seeking understanding. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. And you need to understand that when you're spending time with Him and seeking Him, this is the same God that's being worshipped right now. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 2, two through 8, it says, and, and the four living creatures, each, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around with them, within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. What are you doing here? Right? That's what Daniel's going to do. He's going to seek God and seek the presence of God. And, and I love what it says in Revelation because he's saying, Holy, it never ceases day or night. What are you doing here? You're coming into my presence. You belong to me. That's what God is saying to you. There's nothing that can harm you in this world. You're mine. We learn from a 14 or 15 year old kid to go to God. That's why he says have faith like a child. We need to learn that. We need to learn that we're coming into His presence. We need to be quiet and be ready to hear from the Lord. The answer may not come quickly. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you willing to wait? Verse 17 in Daniel chapter 2 says, Then Daniel went, into the, went to the house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. To seek mercy concerning the mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise man of Babylon. So they go to the Lord in prayer. But not just himself. He calls his brothers to pray. 
This is very important for us too, is that God has not intended you to go through your struggle by yourself, but you should be seeking each other to pray. That's what the church is here for. I think we prayed probably four times before we went to bed last night. It seemed like every child had an issue. And it's okay. And I've been having back pains. My wife gladly prayed those last two out. Because there are times I'm, I'm spent. But I'll, I'll, I'm there along with you while you pray. And it's a reminder that we need to stop what we're doing and pray. Especially as a, as a body of Christ. And that's why I gave you all this verse Sunday. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. It says two are better than one. Because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. We need each other. God intended that for for you. That's even for you watching online. God intends for you to be in fellowship. Right? Um, I heard through the grapevine that people are canceling on the women's thing. And I'm sure we'll probably hear the same thing in the grapevine for the men. And I tell you, you're going to get you're going to get sick at some point. You're not going to stay away from everything that happens in this world. You're going to get the flu. You're going to get you're going to get a cold. You're going to get sinuses. Most of us are dealing with sinus issues because of the change of weather and all that. Right? Uh, Two are better than one. God never intended you to be alone. And that's what the church is. The church is the, uh, to, we, we should initiate prayer, right? When people need, we need to initiate it. Don't let them walk out. That's why sometimes somebody will be talking, I'm like, let's pray now. Before you walk out these doors. We need to pray now. You know, it, and I, I can, we get busy. But we need to stop and slow it down and pray for people, Right? We'll say goodbye real quick. And then we forget that we were supposed to pray for them before they left. We need to slow down. I love that. They're going to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. Daniel don't know what the, the dream is, but he says God does. Right? God does. In verse 19 it says, And the mystery was revealed to Daniel. And a vision of the, of the night. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Very important. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of the God forever and ever to whom belongs wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. We read this verse, and one of the things I hope you get from this verse is God is in control. Okay? Not no magician or sorcerer or false god or president. Right? Or Congress. Or king. God is in control. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere. Right? 
And Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I free from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there you shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not too dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as the light with you. And I love that verse because it's to remind you that no matter what darkness you're going through, no matter how dark it is, it's not too dark for Jesus to do the work He needs to do in your life. The light will come through. Right? The light will come through. I was listening to a sermon today and it was talking about cancel culture. And it was like, do you realize the lady at the well was canceled? Right? Canceled. The man with the legion, canceled. Kicked out. And Jesus didn't give up on him. It's a reminder to us that there, no one is too far gone from the Lord. God is in control. We all have somebody in our life that we know that needs Jesus. Right? And the darkness is not too dark that God can't shine the light and save them. Can't give up. It says that He, he sets up kings, right? And so that's a reminder to us that the leadership that we have right now has been set up for whatever reason. It's in God's in control. Maybe, maybe the United States is being judged right now. Anybody think about that? For our sin? For abortion? For homosexuality? The evil that's being done? The, we, have, we have people that are doing tarot card readings and fortune-telling and, and, and Mexican witchcraft and, and all these different voodoo and stuff that happens every day in this country. Every day. And so maybe we're being judged. A couple things that are very important that I want to make sure you get. That God sets up the leadership in, the, in, in, in every country. In every authority, right? In Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. When do I not listen to the government? Acts chapter 5, verse 29. It says, But Peter and the apostle answered when he's talking to the, the, uh, the leaders. Right? He says, we must obey God rather than man. When you put me in a place where, I, where God is saying this is what you need to do, and, and my God through Scripture is saying this is what you need to do, then it doesn't matter what authority. If you put a conviction on my heart that I can't do a certain thing, then I must obey God before man. And we're going to dive into that more this week as we talk about traditions. Man's traditions. We, did, we looked at that last week. But we need to remember the, the, the person I serve 
is the King of Kings. Not a human king or a human president or Congress. It's funny, they want to they want to look at your taxes, but the people that are actually cheating. Insider trading and all that stuff. If we looked at theirs, what would we find? And the reality of it is, is look, if God has given you a conviction, you must obey God rather than man. Okay? I support my president. I pray for my president. I may not agree with his policies i may not agree but the office because i've served in the military okay and i respect the office the office not the person and trust me i've served under republican and democratic and and seen the mess made by both parties okay it's that's what we get. But that's why he says there are, this is very important. And this is something to encourage you, hopefully. Um, he says that he changes times and season. This is just a season we're in. Okay? It's just a season. You went through eight years of Obama. You went through eight years of Bush. Right? It's seasons. We go through times and seasons even in church. That's why it tells you in Ecclesiastes 3, chapter one, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And God is in control of each of our individual lives. And there are events that we go through for a season. There are things that the church goes through for a season. There are things that the nation will go through for a season. Okay? Don't get down and insulated. And the season we're in right now is people need Jesus. They need the gospel. But the church has become insulated. Right? And we have to be very careful with that. That's something we're not doing here. We're, I'm not playing that. Okay? I, I'm going to just, let me just go ahead and hit this while I can. Um, discipleship. I, I, I'll show you. You watch. And then I'm going to let you do. And I watch. And I'll teach. And then you're going to watch at some point and teach somebody. But you're going to be serving spiritually exercising very important i don't need you sitting in here we're a small church okay and in a small church we know each other and in a bigger church i understand that's why you need school of ministries and you need discipleship classes because they're they're small groups and you need to get to know the people right but in a small church there's opportunity every Sunday to serve, every Wednesday to serve. I mean, we're doing stuff that, uh, by, by, by the grace of God, okay, as a church, by the grace of God. But we're going to be working and serving. Now, is that part of your salvation? No. But it says Jesus, and when we get to that verse, I can't wait to teach it, because it says Jesus came to what? 
to serve, not be served. So what is he asking you to do? So did he, did he take his disciples for three years and put them in a discipleship course? No. He put them to work. He showed them how to do it. He sent them out. And so as a church, spiritually, we need to be exercising. Okay? And, and that's where the wisdom comes because times of seasons and change happen. And, and we need to exercise as a church. That's why he says he gives wisdom to the wise. Right? James chapter 1, verses 5-8 through 8 says, If any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. I have no wisdom at all, but I seek God. I don't know what I'm doing, but I seek God, and God knows what's going to happen with this church. I just follow the direction. Because if I overthink it, I'm like verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded, unstable in all his ways. When we go for it, we go for it. Because that's what God's calling us to do. Okay? Uh, night of worship. <laughs> we went for it. We did what God called us to do. And you may go, well, man, where are all the people? Did anybody come? And that we, we spiritually exercised as a church, and we answered the call. You know what the best part was? The next day, people actually showed up and helped at the food bank that were at the event. They served. I, I didn't tell you all this, but I've been invited to go speak at the um, Divine Food Pantry to the pastors and the board. That's what God is doing. Word's getting out. We just keep doing what we're doing. Serving the Lord. We have the wisdom that we need, right? We ask. That's what I love. If you say, Mike, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, just ask for wisdom. And God will give it to you generously. Okay? And we just, we just step out in faith and do it. That's what the, the Daniel's doing here. And it also says that he gave them knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is what we all need. Knowledge of, of the Lord. Right? To be led by God. When we have the wisdom that comes from the Lord, then we get the knowledge that comes from God. Man, we're, we're, we're on the skateboard. We're going. We're zooming, right? We're doing what we're supposed to do. Knowledge and wisdom from God working hand in hand. That's what we need to be doing. Verse 22 says, He reveals the deep and hidden things, right? So you, are you hungry for the deeper things of God? Right? Are we hungry for the deeper things of God? See, when we follow Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You should want to see the deeper things of God moved in, in the church, in your life. You know what? I'm looking at the time, and we better stop right there.
this is part one of part two study so we didn't make it all the way to verse 30 i didn't think we were going to i'm just looking at the time i don't i gotta be respectful of y'all because y'all got work in the morning and we're already at 7:50. it goes quick doesn't it i love it so part two will be next week i'm going to probably do application number let's do number two application number two i'll come back to one next week do you have an appointed time with the Lord daily? Do you give the Lord your leftovers? Or do you linger patiently waiting to hear from God? An answer may not come quickly. Right? It takes time to wait on God and we need to slow things down and be ready to hear that whisper. In Psalm 130 verse 5 again, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits and in his word, I hope. Do you wait in his word? Right? I hope. My hope is in God, right? We're going to get to the rest of it. Is Did we even get to the verse of the, the title? We didn't, did we? No, we didn't even come close. I knew I was going to go over so next week we'll pick it up. We left off in uh, in verse 22. He reveals the the deep hidden things. So next week he reveals the deep hidden things in verse 22. So uh, that's your homework next week. Remind me where I left off <laughs> in verse 22, right? Lord help me, right? All right. So um, if y'all could just keep keep us in prayer as we prepare for the Cactus Fest. And uh, let's go ahead and close up in prayer, and we'll, we'll call it a night. Father God, we thank you so much for this evening. We do pray and we ask, Lord, that you just continue to be with us, be with the church. And we thank you so much uh, just for all that you're doing, not only in this building uh, and, and uh, with us as a body. We pray for the Cactus Fest. We pray for every servant, worker, uh, the carnival, uh, Marcus, the Chamber of Commerce, the city, everybody who's coming together to put this event together. We ask, Lord, that you just continue to bless them, uh, help them, and, and allow us to get to that finish line, Lord, as we get to uh, November 6th. And so we thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.